The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Well, good morning and welcome to uh, Tuesday edition of the Source of Truth podcast as we study uh, the Source of Truth, which is, of course, the Word of God. And so we're glad you joined us on this Tuesday morning as we go live here at 11 o'clock. And uh, we're so glad you're with us to take a few minutes in God's Word today. Uh, if you're joining us in your Bibles or on your phone or tablet, we're going to be in Psalm chapter 98 this morning. Yeah, Psalm chapter 98. And Psalm 98 is a unique section of Scripture, as is several sections of Psalm. It is considered prophetic or messianic. It's talking about the coming Messiah, and it's talking about what will happen at the end when he rules and reigns and he deals in judgment. And so we look at, so we can see several aspects. We see God's, we're going to see God's um, promised Israel. We're going to see some promises for us, what we can look forward to one day that, you know, that God will ultimately come and rule and reign. And then there's an aspect of worship and in that. Now, obviously, there's some things specific to the time as we look at the idea of worship. Uh, but there's some great principles that I think are just true even for worship today. So let's go ahead and just look into these verses today and see what we can learn. Psalm chapter 98, the Bible says, Sing unto the Lord a new song, for he hath done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm hath gotten him the victory. The Lord hath made known his salvation, his righteousness has he openly showed in the sight of the heathen. He hath remembered his mercy and his truth toward the house of Israel, and all the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all the earth make a loud noise and rejoice and sing praise. I'm gonna, we'll pick up there in a moment. Let's just go back and look at the verses we've already looked at. He starts and he talks about singing the Lord a new song. This is not the first time we've heard him use that phrase, a, a new song. Uh, but this is a little different in the fact that we're going to see this is, you know, he's talking about Israel one day and he's talking about when Israel has come back and they've received the Messiah and Jesus is back and he's thrown off the enemies. And so obviously it's a new song. We've seen him complete the process. We've seen what he's going to do. And we're looking back at all the great things he's done. It's obviously a different song that we sing today. You know, think about that day. When all the earth is bowed before Jesus, we, we talk now about, we sing the praise, and one of the things we talk about is the promises of what God will do. And we believe that to be true. But on a day that this references, we're going to talk about uh, the promises that God has fulfilled. We will see him. I th just think about the end days when, you know, when we're sitting right before the millennial reign. He has come and he's thrown off his own enemy. And, and we're about to go in where he rules, the Bible says, with an iron fist. And he will rule and reign in the throne of David, his father. And, and this is the fulfillment of his prophecy. We, he's, he's brought judge justice to the earth, as we'll talk about in a moment. And he moves on to this time of worship. The church has come back to rule and reign with him. And there's, all of the fulfillment has come. And we can see this. Our worship is obviously going to be different. He says in verse, and that for all that he hath done, his right hand, his holy arm, hath gotten him the victory. He didn't need others to help him. He didn't need, you know, he came and, he, and we came with him. But he, in his own word, destroyed the army with his own voice. He destroyed his, the, uh, the, his enemy. And he came and reestablished himself. And we're going to look at his marvelous things he's done. And he's going to change the world. There's so much that's going to take place in that time. And we can look back at it. But then, then he says also more than just coming down and ruling. He, he talks about the salvation. The Lord hath made known his salvation. His righteousness hath he openly showed in the sight of the heathen. And he's letting everybody see it. 
This is not just just to Israel. This is to everyone. But he hath remembered his mercy and his truth toward the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our Lord. Uh, that all of all the earths have seen that. It's not happened yet. So we can we can see the prophetic side of it. We can see though he continues to show. Um, level of, of affection towards his chosen people, the nation of Israel. But I love when it says he hath remembered his mercy. And when God gave a promise to Israel, while in our day and age, the promises of Israel are still in front of us. They're still in front of Israel. They're still in front of us. These promises that were in Old Testament, uh, they're not going to be fulfilled in what we call the church age. The church is not the fulfillment of Israel. We're not going to see these promises. Is, there's this pause and Israel will one day see, but that's after the church age. Israel is yet to see the fulfillment of those prophecies, which he will. And he says that in this case, Israel will have seen and he remembered. And what we, we see is the character of God, that when God gives a promise, when God says he's going to do something, he does it. I can't, I say rarely happens the way we want it to or think it will, which makes sense. I hope that God is not limited to my immature and feeble thinking. I hope he's not limited to that. He, he's got a greater way. He can see more. He knows more. He's, more, he's, he's smarter, wiser. I hope he's not limited to me. A God that is not bigger is God that is small enough for me to understand, as we said Sunday. A God that is small enough for me to understand. It's just not big enough for me to worship. And I need a God big enough to be able to trust. Let's go on. He says, when we understand all this, what are we to do in that time of worship? Verse 4, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all the earth. Make a loud noise and rejoice and sing praise. Now, he's going to talk about this idea of loud. And we could spend a lot of time and even sometimes make bad application to that. And, and uh, here, here's the application. I think, you know, sometimes uh, loud can be too obnoxious. But I hope what we understand here is not, you know, I think sometimes we run away from anything loud, anything strong. Can I encourage you that the God's worship is to fill the room? It's not to be half-hearted. It is to be passionate. It is to be with all of my heart. All of my worship should be like that. I should have absolutely no shame to sing out with all of my heart. But not only with all my heart, and it's joyful because of who he is and what he's done, but it should be. He talks about multiple instruments here. He says, sing unto the Lord with a harp. Verse 5, with a harp and with the voice of a psalm, with trumpets and sound of cornets, make a joyful noise before the Lord the King. So he talks about different instruments. And please, he's not limiting. He says more and more instruments. Can I tell you, I, I, I play trumpet. You put the trumpet and cornet together, let it go. Those are the loud instruments. When I played in the orchestra at college, they always placed the trumpets in the back. Now, that's on purpose um, because they're ridiculously loud. And uh, if you're not careful, now you've got to learn to play it. If you're going to play in a group and an instrument that ridiculously loud, you've got to be careful in how you play it. There's sometimes that, man, the trumpet's got to be strong. Sometimes it's got to be tempered. But the problem we all, they always had was the people in front of us struggled because they're trying to hear their violin or flute or whatever instrument they're playing. And then when those trumpets, when they're not trained yet and they're obnoxious, uh, the, everybody in front of us, all they could hear were the trumpets. And man, I remember my first year being told back off and then years later trying to teach others back off. Here's the point. These are not quiet instruments. He is saying, fill the room. Can I tell you that God is interested in using more? You know, we look and say, well, only this instrument, only this instrument is, is honoring to God. God throughout scripture talks about multiple instruments. The key is use all kinds of instruments in a way to point people to God in worship. Now, are certain instruments wrong? I think every instrument can be used wrongly. I can't sit back and say certain ones are right, certain ones are wrong. Every instrument can be used wrong. 
because it can be used to point to the person playing it. But in this situation of worship, bring multiple instruments for a way. Just use more and more to honor God in any way we can in worship. Verse 7, let the sea roar and the fullness thereof. Let the world and they that dwell therein, let the floods clap their hands. Let the hills be joyful together. He's talking about nature coming in. He said, even let nature come. And can you imagine the sea roaring? I mean, it's, it's loud. These things are loud. He's talking about nature coming in and just even more and more volume. Simply let us lift our voice fully to Almighty God, to Jesus and all he has done. He's conquered. And one day he will. One day he will conquer. One day he will rule and reign. So what we do is we look forward to that day. And all the things that we can see and the concerns and the battles we fight and the wondering what God is doing, all of that will be over at that point. So here's what we do at this time and in October 2021. What do we do? We look forward to what God's going to do. We look forward to all that he is going to accomplish. And it's in those promises in Scripture that he has given to us that we hold on to. So we go to bed. We wake up. We keep going. We keep serving. We keep loving. We keep doing what we can because God's promises are real and they will be fulfilled. When? I don't know, but they will. When we sit at the deathbed of a loved one that we know is in Christ, we have hope because his promises will be fulfilled. Maybe when we have been given a diagnosis, we have hope because his promises will be fulfilled. When we wonder, Lord, all the things we're trying seem to be ineffective, we have hope because his promises will be revealed. He will do. Do not look at the promises of God like we look at the promises of people we know, of our own promises. We fail and those around us fail. Do not look at that way. Look at the promises of God through the lens of the character of God. His promises will be fulfilled. He will overthrow the end. Let's look at verse 9 to give you an idea of one of those. He says, Before the Lord, for he cometh to judge the earth with righteousness, shall he judge the world and the people with equity. Here's what he's talking about. We live in a day, no matter what type of judge justice and judgment of human government we can come up with, there is going to be strengths and weaknesses. And the simple point is, it's human. You can have one political party, they're going to go a little bit too far one side either way, and every, someone's going to be frustrated or feel like they've been left out. You can go into a dictatorship, someone's going to be left out, or it's going to be harsh, or it's going to be cruel, or whatever it is. Just, you know, when humans rule humans, it just has a tendency to do that. You give somebody this ex of authority, and they, they feel like they think for others, or however it is. But he says he's going to come and rule with justice, with righteousness, with equity. It's going to be equal. He is going to show truth. By the way, we need justice. You want justice. You want God to throw off sin. You want God to throw off evil. You want God to deal with the bad. You want God to deal with all of those who hate him and, and hate right. You want God to, to deal with it and bring good. That's, that's what God is. He's love, but he's holy, and he's not just going to ignore all of the filth of the world. He's going to deal with it. We want that. If you don't have a God that's going to finally deal with all the problems, why not? Why wouldn't you want a God like that? You want a God that's going to say, listen, follow me or step aside, but good's going to prevail. You want that. But he's going to do it with equity. He's finally going to show true equality and equity to everybody. Because that's who he is. That is who God is. And he brings righteousness. He says in that passage, he will judge the earth with righteousness and the world and the people with equity. We're going to see this justice and judgment in a way that we've never seen before. This is what we have to look forward to. All we see now are glimmers 
And we can say, well, the world has fallen, and yes, it is, which is a hope of what God's going to bring one day down the road. What do we look at when we see these? We worship now because of what God is going to do one day. When he does it, is it going to happen in our lifetime? I'm telling you, every day it seems more and more like it, but we don't know. We live as though he could, but whether he does it before I go to the grave or after I go to the grave, his promises are real. So if I go to the grave before he returns, I'm still in his presence. If I see it happen in my lifetime, which would be awesome, I still get to see his promises fulfilled. Either way, his promises will be fulfilled. So we put that trust, and that trust helps us in our day-to-day. That helps Trust, that trust helps us in our service. Those promises help us as we follow him, we put our trust in him, we serve him, and we strive to be used of him in the time that he has given to us on this earth. I hope that the, the promises of God are the things that you hold on to and keep moving forward to. His word is a big promise, and may we continue to rest in that in whatever circumstance you find yourself in. Thank you again for giving me the time today uh, to be part of your day on this Tuesday morning. We're so glad that we have a chance to be here and that you would join us and make God's Word part of your day. Uh, we really appreciate the opportunity, and thank you again for joining us, and we hope we, uh, you'll join us again tomorrow.